You're listening to Kindling Conversation with Siobhan Hunt, part of Kindling Kids Radio. There comes a time in every parent's life when you realise it's time to implement a bit of discipline. It may be when your toddler throws his pancake on the floor for the 10th time or when your daughter starts smacking you in the face. Whatever it is, it actually can come as a surprise, or at least it did for me. After all, up until this point, you've probably had a baby who didn't understand reason. Now, bear with me. I know toddlers often don't understand reason either, but they do get basic instructions. So when is the right time to introduce discipline and what does it even look like? Pinky McKay is a lactation consultant and parenting expert. Hi, Pinky. How are you? Hi, Siobhan. We should start with your definition of discipline because people have different ideas of what discipline looks like. What does it mean Mm, to you? They do. I think a lot of people see discipline as actual punishment where or consequences or all those things. Discipline comes from a Latin word meaning to teach and we're going to be teaching and teaching and repetition and learning and it's going to go on for a very long time. And also I think the big thing about it is understanding the capacity of that child to understand what you're actually teaching them. And that teaching, I I find that so interesting because I think as parents what can happen is our child can do something that we find incredibly rude or mm. um, unkind or ungrateful. Uh, you've done yes. all these things. <laughs> and so our reaction almost to our children can be, oh, we've got to stop them doing that because that is just inappropriate behaviour. Right now. Right now. We've got to stop <laughs> doing it right now. And then we don't really understand where it's come from, do we, if we put no, that kind of adult lens on it? Yeah, putting the adult lens on, I think, and, and thinking of that child. They don't get up in the morning saying, right, how can I piss my parents off today? You know, I, I, I haven't got up just to annoy them. I'm a little person. I've got big feelings and the world's new and I'm exploring and I'm discovering and I really don't know what's appropriate. And sometimes that... Um, maybe anger, maybe what we see as violence, you know, they'll hit the cat or something. Well, maybe they don't have the coordination to pat the cat gently, or maybe we just need to teach them how to pat the cat gently. You know, you could say, we don't hurt kitty. Here, use your gentle hands and take them by the hand and show them what you do want. I mean, we're still teaching and teaching and teaching. So what age do you think it's um, right to start thinking about this idea of guidance and um, let's say discipline as teaching? Yeah, guidance is a nice word, isn't mm, it? Really? It is. Because that's what we're doing. We're not punishing them. I mean, you don't punish a child for falling off a bike. It's it's a mistake. And a lot of their behaviour is, if we can see it as a mistake or as a communication, it helps. And, you know, probably around 13, 14 months, they start throwing tantrums. Those nerves that produce big emotions are coming on board, but they haven't got that frontal cortex, that frontal lobe part of their brain on board till they're at least three. And it's even then it's still, you know, yes. it might be 25 <laughs> before it's even really good. I know. I hate that statistic. It's so true, though. 25 until their brains are fully That's formed right. and able to reason. And mm. Well, one of my sons, you know, youngest one, teenager, He's, he had older siblings, so I thought he was very grown up, you know, at about 14, wanted to go, and we live in Melbourne, wanted to go into the city one Friday night with some older kids that he'd met on the bus coming home from school. And I said to him, no, you can't. And he said, why not? And I said, because I love you. And then he said, <laughs> what's that got to do with anything? Oh, you're just an overprotective mother. And I went, yeah, that's me. And then he came back again and he said, 
if you let me go, I'll be your best friend. I said, I don't need any new best friends. <laughs> I said, I'm your mother and it's my job to keep you alive till you're 25. And then I went, of course it is. His brain's not there till he's 25. Yeah. <laughs> well, not a 14 as far as going to the city and handling that. But, you know, going back to toddlers, yes, it, you know, we, we expect an awful lot. And the first time our child throws themselves on the floor or hurts another child, and often they're just exploring and you know, doing prevention, or they throw themselves on the floor because they want another Wiggles DVD. Well, we don't have to give them the Wiggles DVD. There's a big difference between being kind and reasonable and trying to see where that what that child's trying to communicate and actually allowing them anything they want, you know, if it's not in their best interests. You're listening to Kindling Conversation. I'm speaking with Pinky McKay, who's a lactation consultant and parenting expert, and we're talking about uh, discipline, what discipline means to each individual, and Pinky's explained for her, it's guidance, it's teaching, which makes a lot of sense to me, and the right age to start thinking about it and thinking about how you might approach it in your family. And Pinky was saying that that can be as early as 14, 15 months when they start to... um, I suppose in your mind it might be acting out, having tantrums, trying to understand where they're coming from. Pinky, I think in this instance it does help to go through a couple of examples. So if I can throw a few at you and you give us some tips. And also another thing, I think you were just saying about what it means to each individual, that as parents you are two individuals with different upbringings, different things in your toolbox. And I think it's really important to sit down with your partner, even before that child gets to a year old, you know, just sit down and... Discuss what's in your parenting toolbox, you know, what's in, what's out. And what's a, what are grey areas? You know, mm. what, what works, you know, what do you think? Because parents will think of punishment or they'll think of smacking and, and a lot of parents have been brought up, you know, thinking smacking's part of the toolbox. And, yep. and you know, I had one mum say to me, um, oh, she was really upset because her husband had smacked their two-year-old. They hadn't beaten the child, but he had smacked their two-year-old. That's a deal breaker. And she was so angry. And I'm saying, hang on, brave. Yeah. <laughs> had you had that conversation with your mm. husband mm. before this happened? Oh, no. And I said, well, you know, really, you need to sit down and have a conversation about what's acceptable, what you'll do, how you'll set boundaries, um, you know, and, and even in each different individual household, what's important. I mean, someone might keep their pot plants down low and want to teach their child not to play with the dirt in the pot plants. To someone else, they'll move their pot plants. Yeah, and it's that conversation. I know that um, my partner and I have very different approaches to this and we <laughs> we mm. often have to have heated discussions about how we... <laughs> That's right. Um, and I don't know, actually, before we get to the examples, I'm curious to see in your experience how you found this. I find the discussion comes down to... People who've been raised with discipline being about punishment, about letting them know that what they've done is wrong, Mm. um, tend to see those who see discipline as guidance and teaching as soft, as pushovers. And this is a conversation I'll often have with my partner. He seems to think that I'm being soft and I'm like, well, I don't give in to them. I'm just wondering, do you see that often in the partnerships? Yeah, Yeah, I think it is. Yeah, I think it really is. And and I look... I think it can be, you can find a balance. You don't have to both agree. And children do get to know as they get older that, you know, um, where the line is. But it's good for them to have that respectful. And you know, I'm very much like you. Yes. Respectful but consistent. Mm. And, you know, yes, you can't hurt people. You can't go around damaging property. You can't do things that are harmful to your health. 
you know. But or your sister or brother. Or your sister or brother, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And you get some of that argy-bargy between brothers and sisters. You can actually let it go when they're bigger, not a toddler hurting a baby or anything like that. But, you know, as they get bigger and they're a bit more equal and if they have an argument, um, you know, they'll work it out generally. We don't have to jump in and interfere. And mine are at the point where they just burst into tears and run into separate parts of the house. <laughs> Oh, my goodness, I could work for the UN, the amount I negotiate yes, at home. Yes, yes, uh, <laughs> Let's get to some actual examples of what might happen where you think discipline's required. So let's say you have a, let's say a two-and-a-half or three-year-old who has started hitting you as a parent or you've noticed that they're hitting other children. How would you deal with that? You would be stopping them from hitting in the first place, remove them from the situation, or if you've got... You know, maybe they're both your children. If they're someone else's children, it's deadly embarrassing. And you can say sorry on their behalf. I mean, you can't expect a child to say sorry because they don't really totally understand empathy. And sometimes they just see saying sorry as, oh, if I just say sorry, I'm fine. I'm out of trouble. Done. Um, yes. You know, it's not really um, the thing. But, you know, you need to acknowledge the child that's hurt. Then remove your child, sit down with them and perhaps explain. I don't know, kids two and a half don't go well with explaining. I remember watching one of mine say to his brother, if you don't stop that now, I'll, I'll, I'll explain you. I was, <laughs> I was never going to, you know, I was, going, I, was, I was learning about this discipline thing and I would explain my child because I wasn't going to use any physical punishment. And he saw that as, and I went, uh-uh, aha moment, like bulb mummy, yeah. you don't need to be explained. <laughs> yeah, because but, they're so You know, young. look after the child that's, make sure the child that hurt is hurt is okay. But also if a child's hitting you, what's going on for this child underneath that? Why are they feeling angry and why are they feeling they need to hit you? Because often that behaviour is trying to communicate they need some connection. And it could be what, they're tired or? It could be tired. They could be hungry. They could have low blood sugar. Little toddlers are running around, you know, maybe preempt this behaviour. See, you know, even keep a piece of paper on the fridge with a line down it, you know, and times a day that it's happening, if it's happening a lot and see if there's any correlation. Is there a correlation to diet? Is, is their blood sugar up or down or are they eating, um, you know, foods with chemicals in them or what else is going on for them? Or are they stressed out about lifestyle are you particularly busy because as soon as we get too busy and we're losing a bit of connection because with a baby their needs and wants are the same and we're in there and we're protecting them the whole time you know we're filling their little love tanks all the time you know sometimes children react in different ways because they're feeling stress or they're picking up on our stress and it's so obvious like I, I even think this this very morning I was trying to write an email because I had to organize some kind of childcare thing so in my mind I'm trying to sort things out for my family and my daughter just wanted to talk to me and boy oh boy was she like pushing all my buttons and it yeah. was so obvious all she wanted was for me to turn and look at her eye contact to her focused attention yeah and, and I, you feel that tank and only for it wouldn't have taken long five minutes mm. I didn't have to make the cubby house or the fake cauldron she wanted me to build <laughs> yeah, yeah but just to look at her it was really obvious I think with my kids I can see that they act out more when they don't get my attention yeah and it's filling that you know I call it filling the love tank you know that you do pop in and and you know a bit of touch and it might just be, you know, a little hug. And it rebalances their chemistry. And some eye contact brings up those endorphins and focused attention so that they know that 
And they're still is, connected. Yeah, and that is, I, I have to acknowledge, though, for some parents, that can be in, incredibly hard, especially when you have more than one child and you're working and all this stuff. But That's it is it. such it's a... It's a big load. You know, you can do it. Often, because we need to get so much done, we leave the kids, the toddlers in particular, let them get on with it when they're playing happily. Whereas if we just popped in and said, wow, what a great block tower, you're building that really high. And then we could move on, but we've given them that little moment and it's not like they've had you know an hour without us so they need to just check in again Mm, we've done that checking in on them because often we leave it till the block tower crashes the kid (laughs) throws a wobbly and then we've got half an hour of settling them down if you're lucky (laughs) half an hour okay let's talk about um throwing food because this is something that can happen Uh a lot. How do you, and let's say that it's, um, well, we were saying from 13, 14 months, let's say they're that young. Let's say you've Mm -hmm. got a toddler who's only 14 months and they're throwing their food. How do you stop that from happening? Often they're actually practicing that grasp reflex, you know, holding stuff, letting it go. And, you know, that's a bit of a, a bit of a kind of a game to them, but it's a bit of cause and effect. Maybe, well, once they're throwing their food, you can get them out of the high chair for starters, because they're obviously not that hungry. And we don't have to stress that they haven't eaten their meal. You know, later on, you can give them something to eat. Um, You know, maybe you have a sandwich outside or something later on. If you're really worried about them hungry and going down for their nap and they'll be hungry and they won't eat or going to bed hungry, you know, (laughs) perhaps a sandwich later on or a bit of fruit or something. But at that time, just get them out of the high chair. The less fuss you make, the less you're reinforcing this. Because if you start carrying on about it, whether you're growling or whether you're laughing or whether you keep on picking it up for them, they're going to keep doing it. Mm, They're clever little buggers. (laughs) They are. And it's connection. You know, they're connecting. It's a game. They don't really understand that it's... Just more mess for you. It's just more mess. Yeah, they can't see your point of view. Um, And they're wasting food. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. So um, what about if they're quite articulate and they're using rude words? Let's say they're at about three years of age. Mm-hmm. They've picked up some words somewhere, not from mummy and daddy. Oh, of course not. No. no. They come out of the sky, those words. Yes. <laughs> Firstly, we need to watch our own language a little bit. Yes. That, that it can be challenging, but yes. And sometimes, how do you get them to stop? Well, sometimes, the, again, the less fuss you make, the better. And if it happens, you know, because again, you're, you're giving them attention for using things that aren't so, you know, you can say that's not a kind word or we'd rather not use that word. You can say that to a three-year-old for sure, but do it calmly without too much reaction. If they do it when they're out, you can just say, look, um, mummy would be very sad to hear you saying that word, even if you're their mummy, and walk out of that shop real fast before, <laughs> he, before the kid looks up at you and says, but. You are my mummy. (laughs) (laughs) I like that. That's a good strategy. And look, finally, before I let you go, I am curious because lots of people have different opinions about this. What are your thoughts on time out if they're older children, let's say they're three, four upwards, and they've done something like hit their sister and they know that it's wrong? If they're under three, time out's not very appropriate. Over three, they know what they're doing. Um, you might want to look at what the sister's done first too because yes. you know, there can be triggers and sometimes sister, if she's a bit older, can be a bit sneaky on it too. Time out. Look, it depends what you're doing. You don't really want to put your kid in their bedroom where they think that's a place for punishment. A lot of people do time in 
and you go with the child, sit down quietly with them or get them to sit quietly. You know, there's naughty chairs and naughty steps and all those sorts of things and they're really just shaming kids. They're not teaching them when you come from that perspective. But I think if they have hit their sister and they're over three, you might like to say, look, how about you just sit down quietly for a little while? They're not going to think about it and think, oh, gee, I've been really naughty. I've hurt my sister. Kids don't think like that. They usually think, oh, damn mum, she stuck me here and I'm going to... <laughs> Wait till I get out and get my Wait hands till on I my get sister. Out. Yes. yes, so it's not really about that. It's about, you know, kindness and what's going on and looking at the whole picture if they're overwhelmed, like, look, maybe they're at playgroup and there's been a bit of argy-bargy and they've pushed. Maybe take your child and sit calmly with them for a while, help them calm down and then get them back to play. So it's really more like a time in than a time out. And when they're quite young, i found anyway, if you talk to them, they haven't learnt to lie or to manipulate no, the situation. No, they tell you what's happened. Yes. You know, I hit him because he wouldn't give me his spade and they don't know that that's no. not a pre- reason you to hit someone. can't just grab a spade. <laughs> exactly. And then if they don't give it to you, you hit them. No, so again, it's teaching them what they could have done or what they could have said and, yeah. Giving them tools. Hmm. All right, Pinky, thank you so much for having this chat. Okay, thanks. That's Pinky McKay. She's a lactation consultant and parenting expert. And I've got a book called Toddler Tactics, which has lots about kids' development and toddlers and nice things you can do. Toddler Tactics. Excellent. Good to know. We'll put links up on our website. It's kindling.com.au. You've been listening to a Kindling Conversation podcast. We'd like to reach as many parents as possible, and you can help us by giving us a review wherever you downloaded this episode. It means that more people can find us. I'm Siobhan Hunt. See you next time.